Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Stronger Marriage Podcast with Trey and Lee. We are glad you joined us today. Hello, everybody. Today we are talking about really bad marriage advice. Marriage advice. Yeah, and most of these things are things that are commonly said as marriage advice or marriage tips that are really poor, poor advice that, that have been around as, um, hey, here's some good marriage advice for you, and it's really not good at all. It's, in fact, it's pretty bad marriage advice. Uh, so it's kind of some myths we're going to debunk. Is that a word, debunk? Mm-hmm. We're going to debunk some <laughs> some marriage advice and make, it, uh, make you realize this is bad stuff. Uh, hopefully, you'll catch some of the points that we're going to make, but uh, we're glad you're here today. Let's throw out a couple of things real quick. We're going to be in Amarillo, Texas this Saturday for a Stronger Marriage Workshop. Uh, going to be a good crowd. We're excited about that. The Woodlands in the Houston area is filling up, and if you have not registered, you need to get that done pretty quick because those seats will fill up and be gone pretty soon. Yep, looking forward to both of those. We have two dates in Tennessee coming up in January. Both are family workshops. A lot of people go, what does that mean? Um, A stronger family workshop is like the stronger marriage workshop, but we also include some things on families, blended families, uh, parenting, uh, what makes strong families, and marriage. And so it's more of a rounded workshop that fits every area. And it's kind of a good follow-up. If you've been to one of our stronger marriage workshops, um, the Stronger Family Workshop is really good. Uh, we get lots of positive feedback on it. And so we got two of those coming up in Tennessee in January. Come check them out. Yeah, very good. That'll be great. All right, so let's talk a little bit about some really bad marriage advice, things that some of them you may look at and go, well, I, I hadn't heard that, or yeah, I agree. And then some of these I think you may be surprised that, that this might be bad. So kick us off with the first one. So some people say that you shouldn't be your spouse's best friend. And we actually feel like you should be your spouse's best friend. Yeah, um, I don't know what, studies show that the divorce rate drops to 20% in couples who feel as though they are married to their best friend. So it's a very healthy thing uh, to be best friends with your spouse. You know, a a lot of marriages feel like, well, that's my husband, but I still have you know, my best friend is this girl that I grew up with all my whole life and, and whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, and that's fine. I mean, you, friendships are fine. Friendships are, are yes. important. You, you need girlfriends, you need guy friends. Um, but, but you don't, but exactly. your best friend needs to be your spouse. Yes. And when we say best friends, that doesn't just mean you call them your best friend. It's easy to call somebody your best friend. In fact, we, we find it, I find it odd because it always seems like, People are always going, that's my best friend. And then later they say, no, that's my best friend. Yeah, but everybody's their best <laughs> everybody's friend. Everybody's their best friend. And so uh, you don't know who their best friend is, but my spouse is my best friend. And um, that means more than just saying it. That means I love to spend time with them. I love to do things with them. I love to talk to them. I love to share information. All those things you do with your best friend. It's what you want to do with your spouse. That's right. If you've got exciting news, they're the first person you want to share it with. Uh, you know, when you want to go do something fun, they're the person that you want to go with. So that's that's a healthy thing to strive for in marriage. Yeah. Uh, so bad marriage advice number one, your spouse shouldn't be your best friend. Number two, another bad piece of marriage advice is absence 
makes the heart grow fonder. And that is really, man, that, that old phrase has been around forever, and that is such poor, poor marriage advice. It is. Um, you know, there, there's a difference in you're gone for a weekend, and I've missed you, and I'm ready for you to get home, and I can't wait to see you. Um, but there's a, there's a huge difference in that and gone in, every weekend. in somebody that's gone, you know, that time. works away from home and those kinds of things. That is, it's just hard. And, and we know couples that have made it work. Mm-hmm. And we know couples that have crashed and burned trying to do it. Yes. And you may be, you may be in a marriage right now where you're going, well, my spouse or I work away from home and there's nothing I can do about that. We're not saying that your marriage is bad. We're just saying you're going to have to work extra hard mm-hmm. to keep things good because absence does not make the heart grow fonder. It does just the opposite. That's right. You, you kind of get used to that spouse being gone and... Kind of get used to doing life without yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. and that's a bad thing. I had a friend years ago who came into my office and sat down and told me, said, I've taken a job elsewhere. We're going to move. And I was kind of sad because, man, he and I had done a lot of stuff together. We like to run around together. And uh, I said, fantastic. I'm excited for you. We're going to miss your family. And he said, oh, no, my family's not going. He said, it's just me. And I'm moving. They're going to stay here and stay in school and all that kind of stuff. And I said, I said, but are you going to like be home regularly? He said, well, I'm going to be home maybe a few days each month. And I'm going to go on the rest of the time. And I said, man, that is going to be hard on your family. His response literally was, but I'm doubling my salary. It wasn't my marriage can handle it. My kids, this won't be hard on us. It was, but I'm doubling my salary. While there's nothing wrong with that, it was immediately, this is all about the money. And, and the point is, is sometimes it is better to say, I'll take less and stay home or closer to home than I'll take more and make more money. A year later, that man was back in my office, came in kind of head down, and I said, what is going on? And he said, my wife has filed for divorce. Uh, he had only been home a few times in the past year. Uh, on a few occasions, and she had begun to do life without him. And, and anyway, long story short, sad, sad, heartbreaking story. Absence did not make the heart grow fonder in their situation. Yeah, that, that's tough. And, and you know, another thing I think of when you're gone from your spouse a long time is, is that temptations are greater. And, I mean, man, you've got to be on your guard, and you've got to have some self-control and some, you know, that's just tough. It is. And and you may be in a long-distance relationship. And we get a lot of people that go, why do you not do more stuff on long-distance relationships? Um, we, we need to do more on that. Uh, if you're in a long-distance relationship, you need to be doing things like talking every day, FaceTiming every day, sending text messages regularly, communicating what's going on in the lives of the kids, the other spouse. You, you, you do not need to go days without talking to your spouse. That's exactly right. I think, you know, and, and one reason why we don't talk about this a lot is because we don't have a lot of experience with it. <clears throat> we've, we've never lived that way. Um, so maybe this is something we need to do a little research on and we could do a, an episode on it coming that up here. That would be good on good ways to do that. We know that if your spouse is military, um, we have a good friend who is an airline pilot, mm-hmm. and sometimes he's gone for 10 days to two weeks. That's exactly and, right. And he's home 10 days, two weeks. But they have to work extra hard at communicating and talking when they're 
separated like that because absence does not make the heart grow fonder. No, wait, absence does not make, yeah, I said that right. <laughs> said it right, make the heart grow fonder. Don't believe that lie that it does. Yeah. All right, so share with us another bad piece of marriage bad advice. Bad advice number three is that marriage is easy if you just find the right person. Boy, that's a bad one. And I think anybody who's been married for more than about a year will go, boy, that's a joke. That's not true. But a lot of people go into marriage and they'll go, hey, I found the right man. This man or this woman is just, they complete me. And, and because I found the right person, it's going to make marriage easy. There is nothing easy about marriage. It's not. Um, nothing easy, but it's always worth it yes, if it you're is. willing to put in the work. Um, you know, and marriage is not as much about finding the right person as it is about being the right person. That's true. That is exactly right. Um, marriage, a good marriage is more about being the right person than it is about finding the right person. So don't think marriage is easy just because you found somebody you're compatible with. Uh, marriage will take work. Marriage can be hard. Uh, don't believe that myth. Here's another one for you. And, and I want to say this in the correct way, but a bad piece of marriage advice is your kids should always come first. Now, what I don't want y'all to, to, to think is we're saying, let's, let's, figure out, let's figure out orders of importance. Kids are important. Marriage is important. The, the problem is, is not we're going to try to make the kids second or put them on the back burner. The problem is, is so many couples automatically just kind of neglect their marriage to raise their kids. They don't, they don't try to, to say, hey, we're going to put our kids on the front burner and we're going to neglect our marriage. It just happens. Mm -hmm. And so basically we could say, hey, don't neglect your marriage while raising your kids. It, it may sound better than, than put your, don't put your kids first. Right. Um, yeah, because we take a lot of flack when we say your kids shouldn't come first. I mean, there are people that will just flat out disagree. Yeah. And, and if you disagree with us, we're okay. We still love you. We want you to love us, and we disagree with stuff. But uh, we, we, there's two or three things we'll point out right here. Number one, there's a peak in the divorce rate after children leave the home because um, couples oftentimes neglect their marriage, and then when all the kids are gone, it's like we just don't know each other anymore. Yeah. So that's an obvious sign <clears throat> that you can't do that. Second thing that you need to understand is it is healthy for kids to know they're not number one in your life. Um, don't raise a kid who just expects the world to revolve around him. Let them see you as a married couple going on dates and spending time together, being affectionate together. That's all healthy for them. And the last thing you want to do is raise a kid who's self-centered because they just think, hey, I'm supposed to be number one in this world, and that's not the case. That's true. You know, we, we pretty much wrote a whole chapter in our book about this topic, and we could probably do a whole episode uh, on the podcast on this because there's, there's just a lot to cover here um, so that people don't get the wrong idea about it. But, but yeah, you just you can't neglect your, your marriage for, for any reason, whether it's kids or jobs or whatever it is. And we're not telling you to neglect your kids. No. We're just saying don't neglect your marriage. It just takes work. It takes work. It takes get after work. It. All right, give us another one. So when the spark is gone, the marriage is over. This is bad advice. It is bad advice, and we hear that all the time. I just don't feel in love with my spouse. We've lost the spark, um, and, and then the marriage should end. And that is such horrible marriage advice because, first, 
love is not a feeling. It is not something you feel. Um, although I love the butterflies, you know, I still get those after 32 years of marriage when we kind of sit close together or you kind of flirt with me, then butterflies show back up. I'm not dead, you know, um, but that's not love. That is a, that is a side effect of love. Mm -hmm. Um, love is a, love is action. Um, your spouse fell in love with you because you did things to show them you loved them, like wrote them notes, dated them, said sweet things to them, dressed up for them, bought them flowers. Love is action. So when somebody comes in and sits down in an office and goes, I don't love my wife anymore, or I don't love my husband anymore, um, it's kind of a choice. It's, are you saying you're not choosing to love them anymore because love is something you do every day it's a choice you made and there are just some days that we don't feel it mm -hmm. that's right yeah those those kinds of feelings those romantic feelings they come and go definitely um and if if your spark has has gone out then it's time to reignite the spark find the taser that's right no not the taser, the taser. <laughs> find the taser we'll get that spark back in our marriage oh tasing goodness. oh my goodness yeah don't don't no. try that okay no um, if, if the spark's gone, get it back. So what are some ways that people can get a spark back in their marriage when they kind of feel like, hey, the romance is a little lacking, we're just not connecting real well. Can we come up with three or four ideas of ways to get that spark back? I, I think so. I mean, we, we preach it all the time that you need to be dating your spouse on a regular basis. Okay. Um, a weekend away. Yes. weekend away is a sure fire way to reignite some spark. Um, it go to is. go to a marriage workshop mm -hmm. retreat a seminar doesn't have to be ours find you one somewhere yeah uh read a book on marriage together um that's a good thing to do listen to a podcast together and talk about it all of those are good things to do uh intimacy intimacy is a is a way couples reconnect and if you don't feel close to your spouse ask yourself have we been intimate lately mm -hmm. uh have we been intimate on a regular basis you go you go, uh, where do you get that idea? That God created married sex like that to reconnect couples. Yeah, and some people are like, well, but I just don't feel romantic towards my spouse anymore. Why would I want to do that? And sometimes you just have to do that to feel that again. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, I like you again. That's right. Yeah, yeah that's, that's right. exactly right. Uh, send your wife some flowers. Uh, send your husband a sweet text message. Um, just any of those things to help reconnect, uh, but don't believe the marriage advice that says when the spark is gone, the marriage is over. That's right. It's kind of like saying, "Man, my car's out of gas. I guess I guess I better go buy a new car." Yeah. I mean, that's just silly. Yeah. Fill it so, up. Yeah. Just fill your car up with. If your gas. marriage is out of gas. Fill it up. There you go. You got some ideas. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us another marriage myth. Another one is, if you ignore problems, they'll just eventually go away. Yeah, and I think that probably is more for men than women. I don't get that wrong. Women are willing to deal with problems where a lot of men are kind of like, you know, let's just ignore it and, and see if it gets better. That's right. And why do you think men are like that? I think a, a pride thing. Yes. I think we have a lot of pride. Um, I don't think we like to ask for help. Um and, and generally the pride gets in the way and we don't like to ask for help until things get really, really bad. And then it's kind of like, oh, we probably should have, uh, we probably should be looking to get some help. And yeah. Usually, you don't want to wait too long. Man, we hear all the time, you know, husbands that are like, man, my wife's left me. What can I do? And, and 
you know, come to find out she's been asking for months or years, please, can we, can we get some help? And, and the men are like, ah, everything's okay. And then she finally gets fed up and, you know, files for divorce or whatever. And he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to work on this. Why are you, you know, and so, yeah, don't, don't wait until that happens. That's right. Um, it, it is important that uh, you don't sweep things under the rug. Uh, if there's something going on in your marriage, there's not a book that hasn't been written on that subject. Whatever it is, you find a book, read it together. Um, go visit with a, a minister, um, a mentor, a marriage counselor, but you seek some help. Um, the yep. best thing you can do is, is you want to kill your marriage, is just ignore all the problems. Um, and you've, we've got to be people who do a good job of stepping up and going, hey, let's talk about this. What do we need to do to fix some of this? That's right. Um, another one that kind of just flows right into this is that if you have problems or conflict, you have a bad marriage. Well, in fact, let me just say this. If you never have conflict, you probably have an unhealthy marriage. There's something wrong there. I don't mean you don't get along. We get along pretty good. But if there's never conflict, uh, if there is never working through some problems, then then there's definitely some denying stuff going on. So uh, yeah, that is true. If you if you have a, a, a if problems, if you think, man, we got some problems, we have some conflicts, and we got a bad no, you got a normal marriage. Right, and we're not talking about like huge, you know, knock down, drag out fights or whatever. We're just talking about little disagreements every once in a while. Everybody has them. You're yep. you're two different people. And you have, you know, I mean, you just have differences. And, I mean, there's there's no perfect people in marriage. So there's not ever going to be a perfect marriage with no conflicts. I'm glad that you don't ever disagree with me. Never. Ever. <laughs> we should make a tally list of I how mean, many times per day. I mean, it's probably daily. Yeah. yeah. Multiple times a day. But that's okay. Because yeah. we still love each other. Exactly. There we are just... times. And there are times when... I go, yeah, you're right. And there are times where you go, I can live with that. I'll just, it's not worth it's not worth battling. <laughs> no, over. that's right. That's how you get through 32 years of marriage is learning to pick your battles. That's right. So just because you have differences and have you know a few little conflicts and problems does not mean you have a bad marriage. We have we have an excellent marriage, and we we like still so have stuff. We have little little nitpicky conflicts daily. Yep. So. Um, Another one, your spouse will know your needs without having to tell them. Is that not true? Yeah. No. <laughs> you, yeah, you just, it don't matter how long you've been married, if you need something from your spouse, you really have to tell them. And, and sometimes you may have to tell them more than once. Um, whether it's affection, communication, uh, more intimacy, you just go down the list. If if you have needs from your spouse, more encouragement, more support, you've got to say, I need you to step up. And that's never fun because you don't ever want to just out and out say it. Mm-hmm. But, man, it's really hard to get what you want out of marriage if you don't ever talk about it. And and it is important to, yeah, there's no guessing on needs. It's true. And if I didn't know your needs, I would give you my needs. Because that's all that I know that I need. That's, what, kind of, yeah. that's what, what you're good at doing. And so, yeah. And, and needs change throughout marriage. You know, sometimes, or maybe they even weekly. You know, what I might need this week, uh, I may not need as much next week. Or 
one of our homework assignments we give at our workshop is we give you a list of, of needs in marriage, 10, and we have husbands go through and write down their top five and wives go through and write their top five down. And I'm always amazed at the couples who go, wow, I did not realize that was on her list or on his list. Um, and, and it's always good to talk about, here's some things that I need. Um, and, and that's just a really, really good thing. And those needs do, we, we do that. As many workshops we do, we still go through every now and then and kind of rework those to make sure that something hasn't changed that you're saying, I need more of this now than I, than I used to. <clears throat> couples, couples change, but you can't connect dots. You cannot, um, man, you cannot drop hints, um, especially with men. Men are just not intuitive. They, they right. just aren't. I think the rib God took out of Adam and gave to Eve was the mind-reading intuitive rib because uh, women have it a whole lot better than men do. Because y'all are really good at kind of knowing stuff sometimes, and we're pretty clueless. That's just the way it works. That's right. Uh, do we have a couple more we can run through? A couple more. Okay. Um, another, oh, this is, a, this is a big one. God just wants you to be happy. Ooh, and you know what? Can I say this? I actually think he does. He does. I think God wants you to be happy. But God never wants you to be happy if it means going outside something he's told us to do. And I, but you hear people use that as an excuse for checking out on a marriage mm -hmm. or something. They'll just go, well, God wants me to be, I believe God wants me to be happy and I'm not just happy right now. What God doesn't want you to do is be disobedient to him. That's right. And, and you know, that kind of happiness always comes at someone else's expense. Uh, it's going to cause a lot of pain to someone else. And, and God is never for that either. That is true. So, so yes, does God want you to be happy? Yes, I believe he does. Uh, because I'm a parent, and God is a parent, and I want my children to be happy. But I don't want my children to be happy if it goes against what I've taught them and told them to do. So, yes, God wants you to be happy, but don't you use that for an excuse to do something God doesn't want you to do. That's a, that's a, a no-go on bad marriage advice. That's exactly right. Last one. Okay, so the last one we've got that we're going to cover is that you get marriage advice from someone of the opposite sex. That is that is bad. It is. Now, we're not talking a marriage counselor, professional counselor. We're not talking a minister, pastor, clergy. Mm -hmm. We're talking, I think I'll go see, uh, a, talk to a lady at work because she might know how to deal with this problem, me being a man, or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Um it is a proven fact that a big majority of affairs start with talking about marriage problems with someone of the opposite sex. That's true. And if you are sharing details about your marriage and frustrations about your marriage with someone of the opposite sex, you need to stop. That is dangerous. You are heading down a bad road. Um, find someone of the same sex or find someone who is a professional, but do not find a friend or a confidant, or an old, you know, somebody online that you can reach out to, you be cautious because you are going to head down a road that's going to get you in lots of trouble. That's right. Don't know how many times we've heard, well, it just started as a friendship. We were just friends, and then it got to be so much more. So be cautious about that. There's a lot of bad marriage advice out there. There is a lot of bad marriage advice. You know, and you threw this out there, and I'm just going to follow up on it because it, it kind of hits close to home with 
with us being in the ministry and you said, you know, it's okay to go to a minister or clergy or something for uh, marriage advice or if you're having marriage trouble. And yes, it is okay, but only to a point because your minister is most likely not a professional counselor. And while it's okay to go talk to your minister a time or two, after that, you need to probably move on to a professional. Yeah, and hopefully the, the, the person you're talking to will go, hey, this is above my skill set, That's right. and I'm going to recommend that you see someone else. That's we right. do that all the time. We do do that, but we also have seen a lot of marriages uh, crash and burn because of this very thing, because mm-hmm. ministers uh, fell into that trap, yeah. you know, so... It's, yeah, that's that a sad true. thing. So, yeah. uh, Good point. We are glad you joined us today. We thank you for listening. If you listen on iTunes podcast, please leave us a, a five-star review. Okay, maybe four. <laughs> um, but if you'll, if you'll say some good things about us on there, it really, really helps get the word out about our podcast. And so if you could do that, if you're listening on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate some kind words said about us if you if you like our podcast. We appreciate everybody listening every week. Um, tell us what we got coming up maybe next week. Next week? Uh, ways, here we go. There. Ways you might be acting unfaithful towards your spouse. Yeah. That's kind of interesting. Yeah. Ways you might be, maybe you're going, I'm faithful to my spouse. Right. But if you're doing some of these things. You might be acting. Are you really mm-hmm. being? faithful and so we're going to talk about some of those things on on what that means that's good stuff thank you all for joining us we're glad that you did today hang out with us again next week and we appreciate you listening bye guys